guys, it's my favorite haunting, the podcast. I'm Mel. I'm Ames. This is episode 58. We're getting there. We're getting to 60. Wow. Yeah, there's only, after this one, there's only two left, and then we're going to break again. <laughs> not, hopefully not for too long this time. Yeah, so we're going to stick with this format of updates and bullshit at the end, and we're just going to jump right into the ghost stories. Cool. I feel weird calling them ghost stories because we start out with, like, facts. So it's not really go- – I don't know. Whatever. I think too much, I think. <laughs> Did you hear it? I heard it. Oh, boy. All right. Yeah, so we just jump right in. All right. Cool. So I'm going to go first this time. Cool. So I uh, looked at the Bullock Hotel in Deadwood, South Dakota. That's a cool name for a town. I fucking know, right? I want to go. Um, so the the Bullock Hotel. See, I would say Bullock, mm-hmm. like Sandra Bullock. But yeah. everything I saw with this that had somebody saying the name of the hotel, they were really like Bullock. And, you know, the last thing we want to do ever is to offend somebody by mispronouncing their name. So yeah. um, you wouldn't think that if you read our reviews, but it's true. Um, so first of all, this place is pretty cool. It was featured on an episode of Unsolved Mysteries in 1992. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Robert Stack was all about it. It was really cool. Um, it was built in 1895. It was named for Seth Bullock, first sheriff of Lawrence County and founder of the hotel. Um, so Deadwood was a typical Wild West town. Local journalist Rena Webb said... Most towns are 95% solid citizens and 5% characters. In Deadwood, the reverse is true. (laughs) She attributed a lot of the chaos to the miners because they were mining. It was a mining town. Yeah. So, you know, those those wild miners, man, they they come in and they just fuck shit up and hopefully not die. But sometimes they die. Wild Bill Hickok, he died here. And Calamity Jane, she had her little ill repute gig going on. Hmm. Yeah, Deadwood was a happening spot, man. <laughs> the place to pee. They're all just. Did I just say the place to pee? <laughs> That's I meant what the, I heard. The place to be. Oh my god, I can't talk today. I even had coffee this morning, you guys. I'm not supposed to have coffee anymore, but. I oh, did. that's right. Just a little, just a little bit. It was watered down. And it was barely coffee. Anyway. So Seth Bullock, he came along in 1876, and he became the town's first sheriff. Legend goes, he never even carried a gun because he was so imposing and intimidating. Everyone would just behave when he showed up and looked at them with his (laughs) penetrating gaze. (laughs) Sounds like a movie. I know. He met and became BFFs with Teddy Roosevelt. And when Teddy died, he had a memorial built for him at the edge of town. Well, like the edge of town, like right outside of town. Mm-hmm. It's called the Friendship Tower. And it was not big news at the time. He did it on the DL. <laughs> uh, and then when Bullock himself died nine months later, he was buried at a site that overlooked the memorial. So him and Teddy could be bros for eternity. <laughs> Um, oh, and that's all my history. <laughs> oh, wow. I have like three hours of hauntings, though. Like, don't get excited. <laughs> <laughs> a 
by the way, all of my info came from actually pretty much all of it came from the the Bullocks website. Bullocks. That sounds like bollocks. <laughs> Bullock. Um, came from the hotel's website, most of it. Um, it's historicbullock.com. And then I got the entire Unsolved Mysteries episode off of YouTube. Hmm. It's season five, episode 13. It aired in 1992. That same episode also covers the Black Dahlia. So if you're into that kind of thing, you should definitely check it out. It's that that's the first story. I think the Bullock, I think, is like the third story, third or fourth. It's towards the end. I have watched that episode because I remember the Unsolved Mysteries with the Black Dahlia. Oh, my God. Oh, that's so funny. Oh, I don't hilarious. remember this hotel. No, <laughs> probably. I mean, I don't I'm not surprised. So first thing. Kind of like how our last episode, a lot of the haunting was attributed to the the chief of police that had been killed. Mm-hmm. A lot of these things, I think, are attributed to Sheriff Bullock because this was his hotel. Mm-hmm. It's named for him. Yeah. So our first thing that ties into that, when staff stands idle or whistles or hums a tune, for example, the activity increases. <laughs> Items move on their own. Showers have turned on when no one is, like, touching the faucet. They think Seth's ghost is the one behind it, motivating staff to get back to work. Like, oh, <laughs> are you bored? Do you need something to do? Here, I'm turning the shower on. You have to go clean it now. <laughs> we have Norm. Norm was a slot supervisor at the hotel's casino. Um, he was working in the basement one morning. He's There's an office down there, so I guess he was heading to the office. Um, oh, nope. I'm sorry. I mixed them up. Anyways, that was Joey that goes to the office. Norm didn't go to the office, but he was working down in the basement. So he was, he was heading somewhere. He was facing a wall and the shadow of a man fell like across the wall in front of him. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt and say that it wasn't his shadow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because in the, so on the Unsolved Mysteries, though, when they're, like, reenacting this, mm-hmm. and he's talking about, like, he saw a shadow on the wall, blah, blah, And so they have the guy playing Norm, like, is walking up to a wall, and there's a shadow. But it's his shadow. It's the actor's shadow. Mm-hmm. But he's not looking at his shadow. He's looking, like, where yeah. there's nothing on the wall. Like, they didn't even superimpose it, anything. But whatever. I don't It's fine. But, yeah, I'm going to give him that benefit. And say that he wasn't scared by his own shadow. Um, So there's this big shadow of a man. So when he turns around to see who it is, no one was there. I, um, yeah. So then a few weeks after that, Joey. Mm -hmm. um, Joey's the operations manager. Or was the operations manager. Because keep in mind, this is 1992. Yes. (laughs) Well, it aired in 1992. This happened before then. So they were closed for the night. He's walking by the bar. All the stools, they're all lined up in a row. Like they're closing down for the night. So they're, you know, cleaning everything. Everything's organized, whatever. And Mm -hmm. it sounds like everybody's gone. Like it sounds like he might be the last one left in the building. I mean, obviously not in the hotel part, but the in the bar part. So the stools are all lined up nice and neat. He's walking to the office. Um, to finish closing out for the night. After he finished passing the bar and he's almost to the office, or like maybe he even gets to the office, he starts hearing these weird noises behind him coming from the bar. Mm-hmm. And obviously he just walked through there. There's nobody there. He knows this. So he walks back out to see what's going on. And all the stools that had just been in like a neat, perfect row 
had been like all moved around. They were all they were like scattered and like I was gonna say out of order. It's not like they're numbered. <laughs> they weren't in order. But you know what? They're not in straight yeah. line. They're all like kind of pushed around. Like people sat down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, nobody was down there. And it's not like, you know, like you're hearing stuff move around, so you turn around and start walking back. You're gonna hear if somebody jumps up and runs away. Yeah. And he didn't hear any of that, so in nineteen eighty nine a young employee, maybe about 18 or so, was working in the back, which is, it's now a restaurant. Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden he comes running out, white as a sheet, saying he'd seen, um, I'm quoting now, a figure in Western attire with jeans tucked into the boots, end quote. And he was so terrified because he felt like it wasn't a real person. Because <laughs> it wasn't, <laughs> child. It was a ghost. But like he... F- like, he knew that, like, there wasn't physically a person there. So, like, mm-hmm. he freaked out and, like, came running out, like, all, like, crazy. Refused to go back into that part of the hotel and not long after that just quit. <laughs> and I would imagine that would be because he was hired for a specific position that required him to be in that area. And yeah. if you can't be in that area, you can't do your job. <laughs> that That's my assumption. 1991. This is probably what got Unsolved Mysteries' attention. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 1991, Dorset, England. All right, picture it. Dorset, England. Sounds like rich people. I don't know. (laughs) Sounds fancy to me. A psychic living there, coincidentally named Sandy Bullock, no relation, (laughs) no relation, began to get messages from the beyond. So at first he thought Seth Bullock, because, like, you know, he, he ID'd himself. Mm -hmm. Hey, I'm Seth Bullock. And then Sandy's like, I'm Sandy Bullock. And, you know, are we related? Are you my ancestor? So at first he thought that Seth might have been like an ancestor of his that was coming through. But it it wasn't. They're in no way related. Sandy claimed Seth communicated through a Native American spirit and delivered an ominous warning. He said, and it was really fucking creepy how they recreated this too. (laughs) He said... It could happen again in Deadwood, 1993. Beware. Right? (laughs) That set the the mood, right? It set the fucking mood. Mm -hmm. So Sandy is like, what the fuck? And they don't specify, but um, I guess he must have said maybe Seth, he's having conversations with Seth, who's like, oh, yeah, man, I used to own this dope hotel out in Deadwood, South Dakota in the States. should totally check it out. It's really <laughs> rad. I'm, that's obviously a quote. Um, a direct quote. <laughs> verbatim. Yeah. So, but somehow he knows about the hotel. So he writes a letter to the hotel about this vision that he just had. Because, you know, it's a warning. It's like, dude, something's wrong. Like, get on your shit. So staff first dismissed it as a prank. It's 1991, so there's no Google. There's no internet. I mean, internet's, like, so limited. Like, it's not like you could just go online and after you hear that all of you youngins out there, you don't know the struggle of (laughs) dial-up. Bing, bing, bing. Um, That's kind of what it sounded like, and it would take, like, 10 minutes, and then your welcome page would take, like, another 20 minutes to load, and then, yeah, like, it, it wasn't – it's not like you could just hop on and be, like, Deadwood Hotel and then find shit. There probably wouldn't have even been anything to, like, show you at that point, even if you yeah. could do that. But 
it's a, a bored old man at home. Like, is he, you know, is he a history buff? Is he reading up on this stuff? Does he have friends and family in the States that maybe visited there? Has he visited the town at some point in his life? You know, like mm-hmm. there's rays around it, but I feel comfortable to say in 1991, that'd be like, what's the gain there? Like that's a hell of a fucking scam just to get your name on unsolved mysteries. Yeah. What changed everybody's mind was at the bottom of the letter he had written Quote, Seth says that he can't haunt the hotel right now because of all the banging that's going on, but he'll be back and you'll know that it's old Seth, end quote. <laughs> so old Seth, like good old Seth. Oh, it's just old Seth up to his old tricks. That was a private joke between this particular staff member who read this letter and her aunt. Oh, wow. Yeah. Her aunt is the one who would call him, refer to him as old Seth. And that was just between the two of them. That was not a known thing. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah. So there's definitely no way Sandy could have known about that unless this is like an inside job. And I mean, I feel like now we're really reaching for like, you know. Yeah. Excuses. And then the banging that he mentioned. At that time, the hotel had been undergoing extensive renovations, which yeah. I also feel like. I mean, I guess he could have called the hotel and would have known. But, I mean, short of that, there's no way he would have known that. Yeah. So, Rena Webb, who I mentioned before, she's a local journalist. And she has the biggest hair I've ever seen. <laughs> she wrote back to Sandy to test him. So, And she explained, she told him exactly what she was doing. She's like, I'm not saying that I don't believe you, but I know that I have readers who are not going to believe you. So, here's a test question. She asked him... Who was the well-known person who was a close friend to Seth Bullock? And how is Seth's grave positioned to that friendship? Keep in mind, even most of the town didn't know about the memorial that had been built. And mm-hmm. not to say that it was impossible for somebody to dig the info up, but, like, it just wasn't common knowledge. Mm-hmm. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't, like, a, a tourist stop. It wasn't um, anything that was, like, publicized or anything like that. So he answered back. And this is back in 91, like, and mail between South Dakota and England, like, it was, like, a few weeks in between letters. So mm-hmm. they were, it was not, like, an instantaneous thing. There was no email. I mean, like, maybe for the go- the government, I think, had email. But, like, e- it wasn't, like, a, a common thing for most people at that point. So his answer was, tall trees block the view from his old bones, but Teddy and him still meet in the afterlife. So remember how Seth had been, but remember how Seth had been buried at a site overlooking the monument? Mm hmm. So he'd had, when he was buried, it was all clear. He'd had a clear view. Yeah. Since then, these tall pine trees have grown up mm-hmm. around the monument and it's obstructing the view, like the line of sight view between Seth's gravesite and Teddy's memorial. <laughs> So not only did he know the proximity in the memorial, he, and who, and he, and then he said, and he called him Teddy. Mm -hmm. He just said Teddy. He didn't say Roosevelt, Theodore Roosevelt, President Roosevelt, nothing. He just said Teddy, him and Teddy. I guess assume he did research or whatever and found that. How does he know how tall the trees have grown? Like that (laughs) is such a... Yeah. That is a detail that even if you were trying to scam somebody, I don't know that 
most, well, I mean, I don't know. Con artists think of all these things, right? But I don't see what his gain would have been. Yeah. If he was trying to run a con. I Like, what, he's not getting, he's not making money off of this. Like, he literally was just like, yo, something's going to happen in 1993. Get your shit together. Like, <laughs> so this aired in 92. And Robert Stack kind of closes out with, because it didn't even occur to me that, like, oh, they're calling, they're saying 93, and at the time, it wasn't 93 yet. So they, yeah. they're not going to tell me if something happened. I don't, I won't know. <laughs> so at the end of the episode, Robert Stack kind of speculates, like, well, what's going to happen? Like, what was the warning about? So he mentions that there, at the time, there was a plan to increase the low-stakes gambling limit. Mm-hmm. So, because there was a, there was a casino in the hotel. But it was low stakes. I think it was like dollar slots or something like that. Like they're cheap. And there was a bill to raise the limit up to $5. And so Robert Stack kind of says like, well, maybe that's what they were warning about. I wrote, I guess we'll never know. Or maybe it was and the warning was heeded. So I started Googling. I was like, well, did anything happen in 1993? In September of 93, Deadwood voters rejected the gambling expansion. And as far as I can tell, nothing else significant happened around that time. Huh. So maybe that is what it was, and the warning was heeded, and catastrophe was averted. Which is kind of cool to think about. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. That's all I had. That was super fucking short, though. Uh, The Bullock Hotel in Deadwood, South Dakota. Go, stay, make friends with Seth. Try walking up and down the hall, like, humming or whistling, and see if he, like, turns your shower on. That's one way to take a shower. (laughs) (laughs) me hum and make the ghost do it it may you know what though it, that irritates me because that may you're like you're creating work like let them rest for a couple minutes if there's legit nothing to do don't create work but like it reminds me of retail if you have time <laughs> to lean you have time to clean anyway i'm just talking now because i have extra time <laughs> but i'm done i mean we can move on to mine if you want yeah that was your segue friend oh <laughs> <laughs> That was my, I'm turning it over to you. Okay, so I did the San Fernando Cathedral in San Antonio, Texas. Uh, So this cathedral is actually the oldest church in Texas, which is pretty cool. And all the information, I don't know if this is the original place that it was on, but everything had the same exact information written the same exact way. So whoever did it first... I'm not sure, but I got all my information from Ghost City Tours. <laughs> so the history of this place starts in 1730. The Lipan Apache tribe declared war on San Antonio, mostly populated with Spanish missionaries, soldiers, and their families at the time. And then in 1731, 56 Canary Islanders arrived in Colonial Texas. And for those who don't know, the Canary Islands are off the coast of Spain, which I did not know until I (laughs) read this information. Then in 1738, the Canary Islanders finally chose a wide expanse of land overlooking the San Antonio River for their new church, and the first cornerstone was laid. The Canary Islanders, along with the other families of San Antonio, were under constant threat uh, by the Apache people, and battles were frequent. By 1749, the Apaches were struggling against the warring horsemen of the Comanche people, leading them to approach the Spanish for a peace treaty. 
The peace offering was made in front of the San Fernando Church. Uh, with a crowd gathered around, the Apache dug a deep hole in front of the church. The peace offering came in the form of their hatchets, arrows, and war clubs. And this, they said this is where burying the hatchet came from. I'm not sure if this particular occurrence or just <laughs> the, um, the Native Americans' tradition of burying their war hatchets when they make peace, mm-hmm. you know. But that's what it said. <laughs> they also buried a white horse, which was still alive. And what? they did this because the horse is a significant animal in their culture and white is the color of peace. That's what they say why they buried a white horse. I don't know why it still had to be alive. And when the hole was finally filled in, the Apache and Spanish danced in celebration of their new peace treaty. And then in 1750, the Canary Islanders were finally able to lay the final stonework to complete their church. So it took them quite a while to get that church built because of all the warring and that kind of stuff. In 1868, the church's front facade was demolished to make way for a French Gothic architecture style. So like, oh, this new style came. Let's demolish the front of a church and make it like this. It's funny to think of that style as being like new. (laughs) Yeah. Look at this new modern architecture that we have. (laughs) I mean, it had to be at one point, right? But it's Mm -hmm. so weird to think of it like that now. Yeah. In 1874, the church was officially consecrated as a cathedral. And then in 1920, the cathedral finally received its stained glass windows that it has today. In 1936, construction workers started renovating the church. They unearthed bones, nails, and tattered military uniforms near the altar. And some believe they belonged to three soldiers of the Alamo. And then other people say, no, that's not true because the soldiers of the Alamo were burned on pyres. And um, it's likely that they were never recovered because the conquering people burned them. So other people are saying these are just other military people, not from the Alamo. But unknown for sure. Yeah. In 1973, it was added to the National Register of Historic Places. And then in 2003, another renovation project took place costing $15 million. And it's still a functioning church. Over 5,000 people participate at weekend masses each week. One final note before we get to the hauntings. Um, It was very common to bury people in the walls and in the floor of the Mm -hmm. church. No. Why? That was like a normal thing that they did? Yeah. Like, I mean, I know. Like, they're not hiding bodies. No. Like, I know in Europe, like, they have, like, saints in the floor of cathedrals and churches and stuff. Yeah, saints, not just people. But apparently in this one, like, families had their little tomb thing that in the wall and they could open it up and put their family members in. Okay. I mean, I guess that doesn't sound so awful because it's not really different than interning them at like a mausoleum. Yeah. Except you're just not in a cemetery. You're just in a church, which would be better than a cemetery, right? To be inside of a church. What if that (laughs) church catches on fire? Your resting place is toast. Haha. <laughs> but well, get it? Because it, it caught on fire. Burned. 
toast. <laughs> I'm funny sometimes. Yeah, well, I mean, it did it did say people would rest there for a time. So I don't know if like by the time they'd get to bones that they move them. They didn't stay. Oh, you know what? Maybe it's like by generations. So like two generations go by and okay, nobody's coming to mourn you anymore. We're going to just stick you outside. I yeah, I have no idea. Somebody new. It wasn't That's... it didn't get into that much detail. Um which I'm okay. I'm okay not knowing. I want to know. <laughs> Who else wants to know? You guys want to know? Somebody google it. There I gave you all homework. <laughs> You're welcome. So that's all for the history. So we can move on to the hauntings. So, of course, you know, the first one is the white stallion is seen galloping in front of the church. He's fucking pissed he got buried alive. I would be too. Some bullshit. Rude. That is apparently common to see him run by in the front. But it might be hard to because they do have a laser light show that they put on. In front of the church. Oh, what? Oh, my like headphones they, are they, falling off. I'm laughing they, so hard. <laughs> what the fuck? It's like a half hour long and they project images up onto the facade of the church. And it's like weekly or something. Maybe they do it to hide the ghost of the white stallion. Maybe. I saw... No, you didn't. It was the laser show. No, but really... No. It was the laser show. Move along now. Since the discovery of those soldiers' remains in 1936, visitors have reported shadowy figures and orbs in their photographs. And there is also ghosts um, seen in the back of the church itself. One in particular is a man dressed in black and also figures dressed like monks with their hoods up are also seen. Oh, that's creepy. I got an even creepier one for you. Is it a child? No. Okay, good. Not that creepy, I guess. Maybe. You be the judge. Um, I will be. (laughs) Many people have reported seeing faces appear in the exterior walls of the church. A gaping mouth, two sunken eyes, so features like a skull, and they like come out of the wall. You can take those faces and (laughs) fuck right off out of here with them, is what I think of that. (laughs) I don't know. I, it might be cool to see, you know, what disturbs me most about the kids, I think is because when it's something like, like that one in the closet from last time Mm -hmm. that was just like smiling or, like, the giggles, like, the bodiless giggles. Yeah. I think that's why I don't like the children. Mm-hmm. That's what freaks me out. Faces coming out of the wall, though, like, are they staying on the wall or are they launching themselves? Like, you know, like, are they attacking me? Are they just there looking creepy? I think they're just there looking creepy. They're not, like, fully emerging. Yeah, that just might be kind okay of to like, see. I don't know what movie this is from, but like, I remember seeing this in a movie. Like, I immediately thought of the Frighteners. So, go ahead, tell me your description. It's like I think it's behind like wallpaper or something, and like it is the Frighteners. Oh my god, these (laughs) figures like their faces and their hands. 
Yes! It's the Frighteners! I'm so excited! <laughs> like, that's what I With imagine. Michael J. Fox. I... I love that movie. <laughs> Why did I immediately think of that? You gave me, like, nothing to go on. That's so fucking funny. <laughs> Actually, it might not, that might not be the only movie that does has done that. I'm sure it's not. But it's the first one I thought of. I mean, just faces coming out of walls, I guess. Yeah. But, like, actually, there is a link we can put up to a picture on the Smithsonian Magazine website. And it's someone that took a picture. I don't know if you can actually see it. I, like, I keep looking at it, and I'm like, yeah, there it is. And I'm like, no, not really. That's kind of like a shadow or discoloration, but then I'm like, and then I look at it again, and like, oh, but I kind of see it. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. But they, it was a contest, I guess, and it was one of the contest winners, and it says, it's like, face in wall or something is the name of the mm-hmm. picture. It would be funny to, like, go back and see over time, like, to document them over time. Like, are they changing? Are they always there? Does it mm-hmm. depend? Are they there at a certain time of day, like, depending on the lighting? Or are they legitimately, like, coming and going? Yeah. Because I see faces – okay, the <laughs> guest bathroom upstairs in mm-hmm. the shower, That's the way the tile is in the shower, I see faces in that design all the time That's to the weird. point of, like, I'm, like, this had to have been deliberate. But they're always <laughs> there. Like, they don't change. They don't, It's not like I see them one day and then come back and I don't see them. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I might find new ones, but that's because my brain is searching. Like, the whole faces and places thing is because our brains are um, – I, I said our again. I meant our. <laughs> <laughs> but our brains are kind of, like, hardwired to search for patterns, to look for familiarity. And yeah. another human face is, like – a survival thing, an evolutionary thing. I mean, I, I don't remember the science behind it. I used to know at one point, but I don't remember. Um, but there's like it's like a it's like a lizard brain thing. I think. Yeah. Well, now we have uh, to go to see if that same face is in the same place. <laughs> Do we have anybody in San Antonio? Any of you listening down in San Antonio? Can you take a swing by that church and take some pictures of the front for us? See if you can get any faces. So now we have, uh, now I have an account of someone that was on a ghost tour of the church itself, and they were following a guide around and uh, listening to the stories of what happens, and then while they were stopped, her gaze continued to, like, follow someone else, like, she was watching this guy walk around, and he seemed to be following the group, but not, not quite in the group. And then he kept on following them around. No. All of a sudden, he just disappeared. No, he didn't. Yeah, he did. (laughs) And then she started to describe him (gasps) to other people. Um, She said he was all in black, and the style of his clothing looked like 18th or 19th century. And uh, she thought he might have been another tour guide or something. And, like, he didn't actually suddenly disappear. He just, like, walked off while she was looking in another direction Mm -hmm. or something. When she started telling everyone else in her group, they were like, oh, wait, I saw him too. Oh, shit. I was thinking the opposite. I thought they were all going to be like, who? No one was there. Yeah. And, um, like, he wasn't another tour guide or anything. (laughs) 
how fun would it be, do you think, to, like, dress up as one of these guys and then just, like, troll tour groups? And then when no one's looking, just walk, like, duck into an alcove or turn a corner or something. (laughs) And then wait for all of the reports to, like, roll in. (laughs) That's fucked up, you guys. Don't do that. (laughs) I was going to say, funny in some ways, kind of mean in other ways. Really mean. Really (laughs) hilarious, but, like, really hilarious if I watched it happen in a movie. But, like, if that happened to me in real life, I would hunt that fucker down. (laughs) I wouldn't kill them because if you kill him, he won't learn nothing. But he'll never do that again. He's going to get a stern talking to. And the last thing I have is an interesting account from Halloween 2007. That's interesting. Oh, well, you just said it was interesting, so... (laughs) Uh, So workers were conducting a restoration project on the cathedral, and they were removing old plaster from the original stone, and they had plans to replaster the walls. And despite the construction, the cathedral was still open for visitors. Uh, One such visitor happened to be there with his video camera, and he captured the marble sarcophagus that's in the back of the church, and many visitors claim that it's cool to the touch, like very often but not all the time. And he also filmed the seal on the ground, which confirms the church's age. Without any warning, he was just moving the camera around. All of a sudden, there's an image of a man kissing a skull on the forehead. And he panicked, looked around, and realized no one else was in his camera line of sight. Like, no one was in front of him. Wait, what? Like... (laughs) A full dude standing there kissing a skull? Apparently. What? But of course, you know, this was just... It's not posted anywhere. No, they had, did not have the video on Ghost City Tours. They just had this information. Boo. That's wild. Yeah, and I'm assuming it was like a quick flash of a guy. Like, he was panning, and, like, he's in one frame yeah. or something. Like and always. then, like, he goes back, and he's gone. Yeah. That's insane. And gross. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, why would anyone want to kiss a skull in the first place? I was like, because you were talking about the statue, so I was like, wait, the statue is kissing a skull? The man is kissing the statue? Wait, what? <laughs> no, just a man and a skull. So that's everything for the San Fernando Cathedral. That was pretty short, too. Short and sweet today. I like it. I like the short and sweetness. Shortness <laughs> and sweetness. No shortness of sweetness, though. No. No shortage of sweetness. That, yes. That that's better. Be right. That might be more. <laughs> yeah, that's... I can English good. So anyways. So that's all I got. Is that all you got? Yeah, that's everything. All right, then. Hey, uh, hit us up on social media. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, my favorite haunting. Um, send us an email, my favorite haunting at gmail.com. Um, that's it. Thanks for potting with us. Love you guys. Bye. Can you try that again? It sounded funny. Oh, bye.
Yeah. 